<laughs> so good. Greetings, y'all. We've got another episode of Lifestyle Medicine today. And given the winter season and what the winter season means in the context of Chinese medicine, I think this was a really good video to do. I think this is a good podcast episode given the season. And I also think it's pretty relevant for American culture and for men in particular. Now, that said, this podcast episode isn't exclusively for men. I think, reasonably so, there are a lot of women with men in their life. And this might be a podcast episode that you want to direct them towards. Because I think this is a concept that is overlooked in the West for sure. And typically, it's one that we don't really have context for. It's... um it's a topic that just doesn't really have a lot of merit thus far in American culture. So that said, the topic at hand today is what they call Jing retention, or basically what that means is moderating your ejaculations and what that, what that means in the context of life and living, especially with through the lens of Chinese medicine and how it relates to our overall longevity, how well we age, how well we navigate life and what our emotional terrain is like. So there's a couple ideas here that are worth batting around first before we get into this topic. The first one is this idea in Chinese medicine, what they call the three treasures. So Jing, Qi, and Shen. These three things are seen as these, what they, the reason they're called the three treasures is basically these three aspects of a human being that wants to be protected. And if we protect the three treasures, if we, if we actually are good at preserving these things, longevity and the entire process of what they call yangsheng, which means nourishing life, that process is made considerably easier if we can protect these three things, jing, qi, and shen. So jing is the material essence. This is what we would call our re reproductive capacity, our genes, and in men it's stored in the, in the testes, in women, it's stored in the ovaries, but it ties to our re reproductive capacity, the material fluids in our body and the material tissues that will actually replicate life, the sex organs, more or less. These are the things that, that, that house Jing, and we want to protect that, obviously. So if we can protect those things and we can learn how to nourish those, we will have a longer life and a better quality of life. The second one is Qi which unfortunately nowadays is a very buzzy word, especially in the context of Tai Chi and Qigong and these kinds of things online. So if you guys don't follow McDojo Life on Instagram, I would strongly encourage that because this guy basically has made an entire page about sort of the woo-woo stuff that happens with Qi projection. There's lots of videos online, you guys, about people projecting energy from their hands and essentially what looks like telekinesis, but I'm here to tell you that stuff does not work and it's not real, especially in the context of fighting. So it's my little side soapbox about that. But when we hear the word chi, unfortunately, that nonsense gets piled in and it just gets coupled with um, chi, the notion that comes out of Chinese medicine. And it's unfortunate because it's it basically, it's like throwing out the, you know, the baby with the bathwater. And Qi, what it really boils down to is vital energy, all right? Qi is the, the sum of the processes in our life, okay? Through the food we drink, the thoughts we think, the feelings we feel, all of that stuff, okay? And the food we take in, that 
is what shapes our chi, our vital energy on a day-to-day -day basis, and also is very closely related to how we breathe. So people who have good respiration typically will have more chi. Uh, it's said that the, the lungs are actually the organ that regulates chi production along with the stomach and spleen. So this idea that our chi, our day-to-day -day energy, okay, also has very real ties to our bioelectric current. So the human body is 80% water, give or take, 70 to 80% on the source you read. Our central nervous system is a bunch of electrical impulses. So we are, in a nutshell, we are sort of these big organic hydroelectric conductors. This is why if we're sitting in a bathtub and someone drops a toaster while we're in there, we get electrocuted. The body is a very good conductor of electricity and we do it all the time. The basis of our physiology is based off of electricity and water. Also why the Chinese say fire and water ultimately are the two primary forces that we need to pay attention to when we're nourishing life. Fire is just another fancy word for electricity in this context. So electricity and water, fire and water, our bodies, this is it. So Jing and Qi, we want to protect that. And then Shen. Shen is the spirit or the immaterial aspect of a person or their consciousness. So the basic idea that I can share with you that will get people behind the idea of Shen is, is this idea that, first of all, most of a lot of the immaterial things in our life, like our thoughts and emotions, dictate our living. How well we do it, how well we navigate our terrain, it really depends on how much our immaterial thoughts, how balanced they are, how much the immaterial, if the immaterial aspects of us are balanced, we, we usually live a pretty good life. But if our emotions are a wreck and our mind is a wreck, quality of life sucks. So the basic idea is this, the immaterial matters. And when we look at what consciousness is, consciousness is immaterial. Where is consciousness? The thoughts we have, are they just inside of our skull or do they potentially extend outside the body? These traditions would say that thoughts aren't bound by flesh. Thoughts can go into the deep ethers of space and or into the internal quantum realm of your cells. I mean, your thoughts you can pretty much project anywhere. So consciousness, all right, material essence, daily energy, vital energy, and then consciousness. These three things need to be protected. So in the context of this conversation, this podcast, we're going to be talking explicitly and ex um, specifically about Jing retention and what that means in the context for men in particular, okay? Because for men and women, it's, it's different. Our rhythms are different. But today I, I want to talk about men because that, I think this is where and, and our physiology and why it's important to consider this idea, especially in modern culture, American culture. So when we look at this idea of preserving Jing, okay, which means moderating ejaculation, not ejaculating at the drop of a hat, not ejaculating the instant we have a sexual passing thought. In American culture, men, boys, we are trained to jump at every sexual opportunity. And some of that comes through the media for sure. Go onto Instagram, um, you know, and you'll see just the plethora of, you know, sexed out Instagram models, you know, men and women. And it's a very... It, the, the terrain for sexual stuff is sort of like a landmine. It's like a, uh, like landmines. It's like you can step on anything that's willing to, 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 you know, acquire your jing, you know, your essence, or to take it. And that's the way, you know, if we 
classical Chinese medicine would kind of look at modern day. It's like there's everything is trying to take your sexual essence a little bit nowadays. There's so much porn. There's so much um, sex being used to sell things. It's it's huge. So the whole culture, it's very difficult, especially for men, to sort of contain that those sexual urges because it's kind of thrown at, thrown at us too at a cultural level. But the idea is this. The, the Chinese medicine lens looks at Jing and our genetic material in our body. Okay, so the, the semen, the ejaculate, the sperm, that is seen as a very rarefied substance. It's a very powerful material fluid because it has the capacity to replicate life. So the genetic code in there, because it stores everything in there, right? All of my genetic heritage is essentially imprinted into that material. When when they think of it from that lens, okay, that that was the fluid that was needed to replicate life along with, obviously, a woman's ovaries, uterus, the whole bit on the female side. So though that material essence, okay, the, those fluids in the body, they were seen as something to be protected because for one, there was a sacredness to the fluids because they actually carried the code of life. But then also there was a physical component to this. All right, so there's a very real impact when we hold on to this fluid. So the idea is this, ejaculate can obviously be used to reproduce life, to make a baby. And if men learn through very basic methods, okay, and even at an intellectual, spiritual, and physical level, if we learn to retain some of that sexual vitality, the very fluids in us that can replicate life, if we can sit on that a little bit longer, and not just release it, there are some benefits that accrue fairly quickly. And it's at the mental, emotional, and physical levels, okay? And even technically at the spirit level. So these things, these things build up. Now, if we look at what is lost, okay? I had, I'm gonna try to pull up here on my computer. I, th I believe I had it right here. So just to give you guys a, a breakdown of what happens, okay? Every time we, like men ejaculate, these are the primary nutrients that are lost. Vitamin B6, B12, and E, calcium, magnesium, selenium, and zinc. So we take a hit pretty consistently every time that ej ejaculation occurs. We lose quite a bit. And men lose it pretty consistently in these smaller doses on the regular. Women lose a little bit of their jing or their essence during menstruation every month, and then they lose a mountain of it at childbirth. That's where women lose a lot of their jing. And this is why if you talk to women after they've had a child, things change dramatically in the body. Sometimes autoimmune conditions pop up that they didn't see before, or they have, um, they have bowel or urinary problems, right? The pelvic floor has just been wiped out. If there's a C-section, sometimes that causes its own set of problems, but everything in the body usually has a pretty dramatic shift for women fairly quickly. Within that year after childbirth, things dramatically change. Now when men ejaculate, outside of getting maybe a little sleepy, we don't lose a ton of our vital essence right away. Not so quickly. We lose it in these smaller doses consistently, but that said, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't preserve it and protect it. So the idea is this. At the physical level, okay, from the Western lens, yes, we're, we, we deplete nutrients, all right? The body has to rebuild that. So we either have to, you know, we have to eat the appropriate foods to make a good quality essence. And 
if we're not eating, the body starts to pull it from bones and the, and the reserves in the body. So anytime we ejaculate, yes, the body has to replenish this very powerful substance. It has to, it has to rebuild it. That's the way it goes. It's what the natural order of what it's supposed to do. Now, if we can peel back from ejaculation and we can just wait a little while, just, you know, just take the distance between ejaculations and extend it, what happens is, is one, the body at the material level, those vitamins and those nutrients are, are full in the body. And that's great because the more nutrient, nutrients we have available for the entirety of our organism, the entire flesh suit, the more we have that, the more optimally we function. That means better, uh, better brain function. That means better immune response. That means more physical strength. There are some very real things that happen when we conserve essence as men. Now, if we do this, all right, and we have, we start conserving. Now, the emotional piece that comes with this, when men conserve their jing, okay, and they're not releasing their essence and they're not just ejaculating on the regular, what starts to happen is mental clarity and focus usually goes up. Now, something very real happens, and women know this and men know this. Most men, okay, when they ejaculate, oftentimes right after, men become very sleepy. That's because the jing has just been taxed. That's one of the ways to show that the kidneys have just taken a hit and men get sleepy. Now, Chinese texts will say that the sign of a man who has strong, well-conserved jing and good, strong kidneys is that after ejaculation, he is not sleepy but energized. So if a man ejaculates too often, he will eventually become one of those men. But you kind of know as, as a baseline for men, if you can get to a place when you ejaculate and you're not tired and you are actually uplifted and energized after the fact, that means your kidneys and your frequency of release is on point. That's a, that's a good sign that you're not doing too much. All right, so the emotional piece that comes from this, mental clarity, okay, there's, there's usually a calmness that starts to come over time. Initially, when men are asked to not masturbate as often or not to have the sex as often, the first initial phases are irritability and tension because they're used to that stress relief. And that's usually where a lot of men, um, you know, come to that activity for is for stress relief. So that's, that's one, right? Is that at first irritability, it's like, oh, I can't release the way I'm typically used to. But usually after about a week that shifts and there's a mental clarity after like six to seven days, men hit a place where they're not as hungry for it and they actually have some peace of mind. And that's great. So mental clarity and ease starts to go up. Now, after about the seven day mark, all right, and this is where, this is more an experiential dynamic than it is like a hard science. So when Chinese would talk about experiences in the human body, they weren't going off numbers. They weren't going off just lab data. And that's kind of where we've gone in the West where it's like, if it's not, if it doesn't have numbers and it can't be replicated or duplicated so many times, then it's seen as not valuable. And that's really not the case. We have to understand the experience people have as well. So when men start retaining their essence, okay, and they're not ejaculating as often, men will often report that they feel stronger, physically stronger in the gym. Now, does that mean that they added 25 pounds to their max bench press that week? No. But their attitude, mindset, and capacity to keep pushing and to keep working out feels stronger. And because of that, part of it is just the nutrition that's not lost. We get to keep some of those key nutrients in our body that serve a plethora of functions. I'm not going to go into all of those. You can Google all of those and see what those do for the human organism, the things that I had listed off before. 
So the physical strength goes up, right? Now, if we can get past that and we get into like the three week mark, then we start getting into where, what they would call the subtle consciousness, okay? The thinking mind and the quality of the thoughts start to shift because what starts to happen is that when we're conserving the essence, okay, that Jing, Qi, and Shen, when we talk about those three treasures, they're like a pyramid, all right? The bottom tier of the pyramid, the bottom base is Jing. The second tier up is Qi, which is a little bit less of the pyramid. And the top third of the pyramid is Shen. So what they're illustrating with that diagram is that out of these three treasures, okay, material essence, our sexual fluids, our chi, our breath and vital energy and the foods we eat are secondary. And then right above that is the mind, the thinking portion. So in that pyramid, the base of the pyramid, okay, what builds the, the foundation of that pyramid is Jing. So what this means is, is when we start to conserve essence and we are not as ejaculating as often, that means these two upper tiers for one are built on Jing and the quality of the chi and the shen, okay? The, the, the quality of our vital energy and our consciousness is improved when we nourish this bottom layer. And that's the selling point as to why we wanna nourish jing. Yes, we sort of have to discipline our sexual urges, absolutely. And if men, I, I think what I've seen the most is when I talk, when I bring this subject up with men, I would say like mainstream men who are not open-minded to this idea, a lot of men blow it off and they mask um, the potential medicine in this practice. They mask it with sarcasm and like, bro, I could never possibly like go days because I'm just such a hornball. You know, I couldn't possibly just stop masturbating or having sex for a few days. So they'll kind of like hide behind that veil. And that's kind of where the conversation begins and ends. And then other people are like, other guys have been like, well, what's the point? Like, no, I could never do that. There's almost an apathy and laziness to it. And, you know, what I've seen is the men that have that attitude typically lack a lot of discipline in other areas of their life. They're not making any kind of concerted effort. So in the end, right, all of these things kind of connect. But the point is that disciplining our emotions is fantastic. Not just being so easily triggered in life by something we hear on the news or something we disagree with, right? If we can discipline our emotions and have some resiliency and not just let every passing soundbite we hear on social media trigger us into a frenzy, we could all agree that's probably a skill that needs to be cultivated more nowadays. So when we look at disciplining our sexuality, our emotions, okay, if we can actually do that, discipline our sexual urges, for God's sakes, like it, it seems like a reasonable thing to do, there are some benefits that accrue. And you know, you might say, ah, that sounds like bullshit. And if it is, you know, turn the podcast off. I'm not keeping you here. But thousands of years of observation through the, through the, the culture of, of, of China, they've been saying and they've been pragmatically observing for thousands of years saying, hey, there are some things that happen when you don't ejaculate all the time, straight up, without question. So you can take that or leave that. You can say they were full of shit for thousands of years or maybe... Maybe, maybe take, the, take heed to what they say and listen and consider that maybe when we do that, some things accrue. Now, one of the other ways that we hear about this, which was always kind of written off as an old wives' tale, was a lot of competitive fighters were encouraged not to have sex and not to ejaculate prior to a fight. One, in the context of that, it, you know, Chinese medicines would say, yeah, you're actually conserving your physical strength. You don't want to be relaxed and totally surrendered into that post-orgasmic state right before you go into a fight. It's, you drop your guard too much. 
Now, that also kind of points to the dark side of this equation, okay? So conserving your Jing is great, but conserving it for too long and, and, and damming it up like it's this thing that you become greedy over, sort of like a troll hoarding you know, gems under a bridge. You don't want to become like that either, where you're like, I'm just going to store all of my essence so I, I have all of this energy. It's like, no, no, no. You do have to release it. You do have to use it. And there are different ways to use it. But the idea is the dark side of this is that you conserve for too long. And when people conserve for too long and they actually suppress sexual activity and the jing, this can actually lead to violent tendencies. This can actually lead to problems. And so one of the interesting little side notes that my teacher, Lillian Bridges, has had said to me, she says, you know, if you look at the case of all serial killers, all of them have some kind of sexual repression in their past, which ultimately this urge that can create life, if suppressed, can actually transform and mutate into something that takes life away. So I always found that very interesting, and it's a key point to consider in all of this, where I'm not telling you to sit on a mountaintop like a monk and don't ejaculate for a year. Like, that's absurd in my estimation if you're trying to live a regular life to some degree, which I am. I still want to drink the whiskey. I still want to eat the occasional burger. I still want to socialize and have good times with my friends in these contexts with excess, but I want to do it in a way that is smarter, and I also know how to fix things after the fact. That's the way I want to roll, and I think a lot of people do, and that gets lost with this overly puritanical, spiritual facade that I'm just pristine and perfect. It's like, that's not my game, and that's not why I'm here to educate people. <laughs> it's like, I still want to have fun in these areas that I really enjoy and that I have in my family lineage. Mexicans love to party. I'm part Mexican, and I got a lot of Irish in me. They're heavy drinkers. I'm not excessive in these things, but I do enjoy dabbling them. So the whole point is, with this conservation, um, going back to the boxer piece, right? It, it, they would tell them, like, keep it down, right? And for them, I think they would have them out ejaculate for long periods, maybe enhancing that killer instinct a little bit and making them physically stronger. Again, written off as an old wives' tale in the West, but Chinese medicine would say, no, that's not an old wives' tale at all. There's, there's some real theory behind that. So the, the point is, you guys, we want to, for men, like, consider this idea of conserving your jing. When we conserve our life force, okay? Also, the, the piece that we have to think about in this, Jing is not just about the material replication of life. Jing has our stored talents in it, right? Think about the, what, what would come, you know, the sperm in a man. Like, for instance, if I use myself as an example, I have art in my family. My mom was an artist. My dad was an artist. My grandma was highly an amazing. Uh, she could use color incredibly well. There, there's art on both sides of my family, and I came in this go-round, luckily, um, and I feel, you know, very blessed. Like, I came in with some artistic skill. You know, it's not even mine. People say, like, oh, you know, the, the, the people have said to me, like, which I really appreciate, they were like, you're talented. I'm like, thank you, but it's not really mine. Like, it's just not. It's not really mine. Like, it really did come from before me. And I think that's why these gifts that we get, they're not really ours. It's something that's passed on, and it's even more, I think when I look at it like that, it makes it special. It makes me want to use it. So the idea is, you know, with this conservation piece, we jing, Okay, we want to conserve that essence and keep it and, and like retain it. But when that happens, those talents, okay, that are technically coded into our genes and into our sperm and into our semen, those gifts that we have, whether they are wit, charm, 
you know, um, your ability to move physically well. Like we all have something that we do well. Those, that jing and those talents are also in that sexual, those sexual fluids. And so by keeping some of the sexual fluid, we actually have greater urge and capacity to use our gifts that we are naturally bestowed with. So the leakage or the usage of jing through sexual ejaculation depletes those things. So a lot of men don't feel super energized to, to conquer the world right after sex. There's definitely a relaxation and rest period, and that's wonderful. Enjoy it, <laughs> gentlemen. Like It's great. But done too much, right, it makes the body and it makes the man overly relaxed. Apathy, depression, anxiety. Very common through the lens of Chinese medicine to see men who are consistently anxious and depressed who masturbate a lot, like daily, five, six days a week, seven days a week. Very common. Like clinically, I saw it many times um, when I was working with people in the context of acupuncture. A lot of guys who masturbated or jerked off every single day, anxious and depressed individuals with not always a lot of self-esteem. And, you know, when you look at it through the, the lens of Chinese medicine, they're constantly depleting the very essence that gives them life. It's almost in a way when, like anything with excess, it, it, it's sort of self-destructive. So the point is that there are, there are some deep layers here in terms of Chinese medicine of retaining the essence so that our talents, our gifts, our strength, our drive to penetrate the world is not strictly being leaked out through sexual energy. It's one way to circulate that energy. Now, you have all probably heard this at some point that if someone has an addiction or a habit that they're very used to, that if they're trying to break that habit or at least change the dynamics of that habit, they have to fill it with something else. And the thing we have to remember about sexual energy, okay, if, if you ask a man to start conserving, it's like, well, you better fill that time with something else. So one is physical activity, 100%. So if a man, when I've worked with men who masturbate excessively or they have their sex addicts and they've just had a lot of sexual activity and they're just overly addicted to it, you know, one of the things I tell them is that then you've got to do very high intensity workouts for a period of time. So men that are basically, you know, very horny and they're trying to conserve, I'm like, go work out hard. As hard as you can take without doing anything damaging to your body and see where you stand after the fact. And usually it's some of the best workouts they've ever had because that sexual energy needs to be, it's hormonal, right? Hormonal reserves, like Jing is very closely related to the hormones, right? Men with low testosterone produce, uh, you know, have lower sperm count. So if we can keep those hormonal reserves built up in the body, right, the body is physically stronger and men will have great workouts. So that's one way to circulate it is through exercise. Two is creativity. So creativity, if we look at the spectrum of art, art and sexuality are very closely related. Art is the act of creation, seeing an idea, having an image, exploring a thought and representing it artistically, visually, three-dimensionally bringing the immaterial abstract into form. That's what art is. It's very creation area in its process. Sexual energy, right, is the very thing that can create new life. So sexuality and creativity are closely linked, like two sides of the same coin. So if a man is also sexually, you know, feeling riled up and is horny and is trying to change the pattern, creativity Spend time doing art, spend time writing, spend time dancing. And if you don't want to have to see anyone, you know, watch you do it by yourself. Um, you know, sculpture, music, you know, picking up a guitar, doing these things. Now, sometimes when we fill it in with these things, exercise and they've done something artistic and they still can't circulate it, I'm like, yeah, 
Go take care of business. Have at it and enjoy yourself, you know, with your partner by yourself. Fine. And, you and you know, be reasonable and, and use these outlets as a reasonable tool, right? There, I'm, there, there are no extremes here, like don't ever ejaculate or don't ejaculate for six months at a time. Like, I think that's crazy. And I've also seen it really uh, stagnate people. I had a, when I was in acupuncture school, I had, uh, I had a patient who was 20 years old and he had been reading these, these Qigong books about retaining sexual fluid to increase vitality. Now this kid was 20 and I believe it had been nine or 10 months since he had ejaculated. And this kid was so high strung, so tense, so uptight. And in, in Chinese diagnostics, the tip of his tongue was red, which means he had a lot of heat in his heart. He had a red face, his eyes were a little bugged out and he was just physically tense. And I remember talking to him, I said, so when, you know, you're 20, like this is the time when your hormones are going nuts and you're very like sexually robust. I said, this isn't really the best time for you to be like retaining essence. I was like, you don't really need to, you're 20, bro. Like you're 20, like enjoy that <laughs> and don't conserve like you're a 60 year old man. Like you need to like, your sexual activity needs to match your age bracket. And so he's like, so what do I do? And he's like, well, what herbs do I take? What acupuncture points? I was like, I'm gonna do acupuncture, but very minimal. I was like, you're 20, your system's working. You have no injuries, you're not ill. You're not Ill. I said, what you need is to ejaculate and you need to just like relax and not be so tense about this stuff. So that kid went home to his girlfriend, took care of that. And when he came back a week later, I mean, everything was essentially back to normal. I'd say 90% improved just from that. He ejaculated, I think, three times over the course of that week with his, with his girlfriend. And for one, she was elated because he had been retaining for 10 months. And three, he was like, oh my God, I cannot believe how much, he's like, oh, my anxiety dropped out. All of the things that have been going on with him really settled down. And it was just through that act. So, you know, in your 20s and 30s, you can be a lot more sexually active. You know, post 40, it's start, start looking at the rhythms, you know, start paying attention to, to slowing down a little bit. Over 50, definitely pay attention. You know, um, it's gonna be different for everybody. We all have different constitutions. I don't like to give set numbers, but as you get older, conserving and being moderate with sexual activity is really something to consider. Part of that happens for a lot of men. It gets easier as they get older, I hear, because just the hormones are going down and they're aging. Um, but a lot of men have really high libidos up, you know, in their 50s and 60s as well. And you gotta pay attention to that. So keep these ideas in mind. And the, the, the big takeaway, okay, kind of wrapping this whole thing up is if we can conserve essence and not just ejaculate it at the drop of a hat, the mind, body, and spirit of man is nourished. The material essence stays in the body. We get to use it. We get to have access to that genetic material that can actually, that carries our gifts physically stronger, more, more aligned with with our internal imprint, our natural signature, because that material is inside of our body. It's not just being evacuated and dropped out every day. It's actually inside of us. And with that then, when we conserve the jing, the emotions start to stabilize and then the mind and consciousness settles. So as a means, a lot of men masturbate or ejaculate or have sex to relieve stress. But as we get older and that cycle left unchecked, will tax you, it will deplete you, it will take something from you. And I guarantee you, if you're say my age, 38, and you're masturbating or having sex six or seven times a week, I can promise you, unless you have just the most miraculous genetic constitution on the planet, it is likely taxing the hell out of you. And you really wanna consider 
as a gesture of self-love, of self-respect and self-discipline and self-appreciation to like cut that down, right? Peel that back, peel those numbers back, settle into and relax and, and, and realize it. it's just like fasting, okay? Like, like anything else, like cutting off our relationship with food sometimes and having 24 hours or 48 hours without food is incredibly good for the body. The plethora of effects that come from fasting, not just constantly pumping your body full of food are vast. Look, and the studies don't lie. There's a lot of information about fasting. So follow that same train of thought into sexual discipline and sexual release. Consider that maybe, just like engaging any other activity, if we take breaks and we rest, that there's benefit. Life is nourished. Things go up. Really important, really important to consider, right? Basic yin-yang theory. Life is predicated on fire and water day and night, male and female, rest and activity, hard and soft, male and female, birth and death, like both halves that are there. So when we look at sexual activity, taking times of rest, not just, you know, ejaculating at the drop of a hat every time we see a beautiful woman on Instagram, taking the time, like actually sitting on that, going and working out, going and doing something creative. Get out and move, get out and talk to somebody, like circulate the energy. Because sexual energy, when it's circulating in the body and isn't just immediately ejaculated, it's gonna fill somewhere else. It's gonna fill into the emotions. It's gonna fill into the mind. It's gonna put a little pep in the step. Men usually have a little more energy, like they wanna tackle the world because they're hungry. They're not just constantly releasing their life force. So I hope this finds you guys well. Again, if the women that actually made it through this whole thing and were listening, I would say, you know, if there's a man in your life that you feel could hear this message or benefit from, from this little uh, discourse, send it to them, you know, get them on here, tag them, um, you know, share my YouTube page, hit the like and subscribe, <laughs> bell notifications, the whole bit, like get them on board. And if there are men out there that are listening to this and that realize that this is them, that, that they're, that this relationship, um, that this relationship they have with, with sex and masturbation. If, if they're like, yeah, this is me, and you want to improve it, and you want support in the context of Chinese medicine, like, please reach out to me. There are herbs, there are breathing practices, there are lifestyle rhythms, there are foods, a lot of foods that you can eat that replenish hormonal and sexual reserves. So if there are guys out there that want help in this area, right, on how to circulate this and how to better navigate their jing and hold on to their life force so they can be better men, better fathers, better brothers, better husbands, the whole nine yards. Consider reaching out to me. I would be happy to work with you and I've worked with many men in this context. And there's tremendous benefit from learning and integrating this philosophy and this theory and men typically say, see very quick result. So that's my invitation to the guys out there that are listening. If you want help in this area, please reach out. I'm good at this. I'm good at helping men go down this road and guiding them to stronger lives. So thanks a bunch, you guys. Take care.